0: Meanwhile, look at uh, Revelation 12 and 7. Okay, Revelation chapter 12, from verse 7 to verse 12. Up on the screen, you can follow along with me. Now, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them, in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan and the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Please note, now the salvation, the kingdom, and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is is short. I've been teaching a series called The Advocate Intercessor. Jesus ascended into heaven to become the advocate of all who believe and the advocate of all the needs of mankind upon the earth. I want you to notice that the Bible says when this event took place, which was 2,000 years ago, and Jesus rose up, the, it, 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 uh, it caused the eviction. Everyone say Eviction eviction of the accuser, the devil, from the presence of God. And it says, who had accused us day and night before our God. That phrase should stick out to you because the Bible tells us that the devil, day and night, had access to heaven and constantly, 24-7, spoke and uttered accusations about mankind before the Lord in heaven. Man effectively at one time was represented by Lucifer, represented by the devil before God, and the devil exploited our sins with condemning accusations. And you could see that drama played out in the book of Job when Job went up and argued with God about about the worthiness of Job to be accepted and blessed by God. He argued and basically won the right to persecute and attack Job. And um, so it's a, it's a terrible thought, but the reality is that the enemy was positioned before God and spoke against us before the Lord until that happened when Jesus was raised up. Now, when the, when the devil spoke, and I'm just going to review some things that we've been teaching so far just to refresh your memory when he, when he stood before God, he basically flaunted man before God. You could see the, the devil with fistfuls of humanity shaking these rag dolls, uh, decrepit with sin and flaws in the face of God, saying you could create them. This is, look at your image and likeness. You created them, but you couldn't keep them. Your loving kindness, your love, your nature could not keep them faithful to you. Instead, I spoke to them, and they, they obeyed me. They heard me, and um, I put my character in them, and I control them. You can't control them, but I can control them. And so the devil was able, even though he had been at one time cast out of heaven, he was able to get back up into heaven, not in his former role as Lucifer, who uh, ran the the praise and worship in heaven, but as the representative of Adam. When Adam was cast out of the garden, um, he came under Satan's dominion, and now Satan stood before God as man's representative. So there's the devil. He's thrilled. He gets another opportunity to, to challenge God and to say, I'm as good as you are. Look, I I just snatched your image and likeness out from under you, and I control them. And that's what the devil, that's what he did. And the Bible says he accused us day and night before our God. So man stood condemned before God without an advocate intercessor. There was no one, there was no excuse for him. Man had sinned. And the devil, all the things, even though he's a liar, even though he's an exploiter of our weaknesses... The one thing is is he was capitalizing on one thing that was true, man was, was damned and doomed and uh, eternally flawed in sin, until this happened in verse eight, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for him in heaven. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, "Now the salvation and the power, the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. Come where." come into heaven. Jesus rose up. The authority of God's kingdom, the fact that He won the humanity that would turn to Him, the people that would turn to Him, He led captives into liberty. And the Father said, the advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous, whose blood was shed in sacrifice for man's sin, has raised up. He is righteous. I welcome my son back into heaven, bringing many sons and daughters into glory with him. And at that point, the accuser was made obsolete. There was no need for him anymore. There was no room found in heaven because he had no right to speak anymore. Once Jesus paid for our sins, the father said, the accuser no longer has a right to speak. Now the blood of Jesus is speaking. And Hebrews says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel calls out against the sin of his brother against him. But heaven no longer needs an accuser to talk about man's sins because heaven now has an advocate to talk about man's forgiveness. Hallelujah. And that truth overwhelms. Anything that the devil has to say about our sinfulness. And so the Bible says, now the kingdom and authority of Christ have come. The accusers cast down. So Jesus ascends up, and the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession. And as I said before, he's not up there straining, saying, I need a nap. But the the prayer needs are so great. They're so heavy. I need to pray for everybody on the earth. Oh, my God, they just attacked France. I need to intercede for France. no. Jesus just sits upon His throne and exists as the intercession. The answer doesn't have to get up there and grind out prayers. The answer is overarching all of the tribulation down here on the earth. He is the intercessor, standing in that place of intercession when we agree with Him. Can you say amen? amen? But meanwhile, back on earth, God warns. Woe to you, O earth, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. So the question that we began to answer the last time we were together on this topic is how do we on the earth apply heaven's victory over the devil here on the earth? Heaven's rejoicing because the accusers cast out, but now he's down here going at us 24-7 with his accusations. How do we deal with him? How are we supposed to deal with Him? And so Jesus answers that question when His disciples say, well, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, pray then like this. Or Luke's account says, when you pray, say, quote, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Look at this. On earth, as it is in heaven. See that phrase, as it is in heaven? Yeah. Whatever happened in heaven needs to happen on the earth. If you want the will of God done in your life, you need to figure out what happened to get the accuser expelled from the presence of God. What happened to cause heaven to celebrate and say, now the kingdom has arisen." Uh, has arisen now the authority of our Christ has come, hallelujah, and the will of god 's being done. Jesus said, If you want the will of God done, whatever happened when I ascended into heaven, make that happen in the area of your prayer that 's how you pray. So Jesus is the advocate intercessor ever living to make intercession for us. so we are christ 's ambassadors now This message picks up where where we left off last time. I begin to teach you about um, the prayer of ambassadors. And, And what we're dealing with now is to try to deal with your mindset as a Christian so that you see yourself more as an ambassador than you do as an advocate You all know what an advocate is. We're just annoyed by them every single day in the news. There's an advocate for every single social problem. Everything going on, there's an advocate. Somebody running around, over-traumatized, having meltdowns, full of papers and accusations, shouting, someone needs to do something. This is terrible. All this affliction, all this poverty, all this terrible stuff going on. And it's not to minimize the terrible things that are happening in the world. But uh, advocates do precious little to actually really permanently solve man's problems. They just run around and call attention to the problem and think that righteousness has been fulfilled because attention's been called to the problem. And so that's, I personally feel like many advocates are just irritating that way. But when Jesus ascended up to heaven, he became the Advocate, capital A, Because he solved all of our problems. The solution to every injustice, every need, every form of brokenness and bondage is in Jesus. So he's the advocate. And so what I've been trying to do is to try to open up your understanding so that you see yourself as an ambassador of Christ and that as an ambassador of Christ, you think in in concert with the advocate, Jesus And act as an intercessor rather than taking upon yourself the role of advocate. God needs someone to run around and inform him about all the problems that are going on and to feel bad about them. God God has all the feeling that he needs about these situations. Now, God has given given to we ambassadors, the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, on assignment in the world, our plan uh, for us. God's one, two, three plan for an ambassador is, number one, where the ambassador ascends, I'm excuse me, where the advocate ascends up, that's Jesus, number two, the kingdom of God comes, and number three, then the will of God is done. That's God's one, two, three plan. The advocate is lifted up. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men to me, Right? So God says to his ambassadors, I've got the one, two, three plan. This is what happened in heaven. So I want you to pray what happened in heaven will be done on the earth. Number one, Jesus ascended up. Number two, the accuser was cast out. The kingdom of God came. Number three, the will of God's done. There's no more, no longer any voice speaking in heaven about your sins. There's no false accusations being made. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. So God's will, in order for it to be done in the earth, the accuser must be cast out by you, his ambassadors. That's what Jesus is saying. If you want to see the will of God done in the earth, as the ambassador of Christ, you have to think as an ambassador, you must know how to assert the ascension of Jesus Christ the advocate. That will cause the kingdom of God to come in that situation. Let's think of your home and the circumstances in your house. God wants His kingdom to be the kingdom that rules in your house. Then the will of God will be done. Many people want God's will done. Lord, bless me. Lord, heal me. Lord, um, uh, uh, deliver our children or whatever it may be in your house. But the Lord says, easy, apply the one, two, three plan. Be the ambassador of Christ Know how to lift up Jesus in your home. The kingdom of God will come over your house. Your house will come under the authority of Jesus' lordship. The will of God will be done. God will do it. Very simple. Works like that. That's God's plan for ambassadors of Christ. That's how ambassadors should pray. Now, I'm going to share with you, I said last time we were together, I wanted to share with you a couple of insights for kingdom of God ambassadors. Now, I'm still kind of reviewing. The, the first one I shared with you the last time was that the kingdom of God comes through ambassadors. Say, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. As an ambassador of Jesus Christ, I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I want you to be thinking, what is an ambassador? How does an ambassador represent the state or the kingdom that has sent him or the king that has sent him? So you are an ambassador of Christ. The Lord applies His kingdom, manifests His kingdom through ambassadors. Through ambassadors. So the first thing is you must act with ambassadorial confidence. You must think, speak, and act as an ambassador of Christ. You can't run around thinking and acting like an advocate. You know, advocates are overwhelmed every time something happens. They're running around and overwhelmed by the, by the, by the circumstances and, um, and, and trying, to, uh, trying to drum up help. As a Christian, you're not someone who is an advocate running around trying to drum up help for the problems. Does God care about the problems? Yes. When, when people are unsaved, does He them, want them saved? But you're not going to get them saved by, by freaking out, whining to God, and, and uh, caring on about how unsaved they are and how, how uh, bound in sin they are. God, God handled all that by sending Jesus. The advocates sitting there saying the blood's, blood's already been shed for them. The stripes were already applied to my back for their healing. Everything that needs to be done has already been done. So be calm, like the T-shirts. Stay calm. Think like an ambassador. Speak like an ambassador. Act like an ambassador. Let somebody else run around and be a nervous wreck and and freak out. You stay calm and wait on God till you have the word of the Lord and then speak that. Until you do, don't do anything. Just rest in confidence and know God's got this. Say it. God's got this. God's got this. So the first thing is act with kingdom certainty. When Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, uh, Luke's account of this, when he talked about prayer and the Father's prayer, the kingdom prayer, the, the, the believer's prayer, the Bible says, Luke eleven two, 2, and he said to them, when you pray, say the kingdom of God come, the will of God be done. Now listen very carefully. He didn't say when you pray, pray and ask kingdom come will of God be done. He said, when you pray, say, kingdom come, will of God be done. He didn't say, ask. So when you're praying, you're not asking in tones of uncertainty. You, this is not, this is not the, re, uh, the insecure request of a powerless bystander wondering if God wants to help. Many Christians pray and make insecure requests. I don't know if it's God's will. Acting as a powerless bystander. That's what an advocate is, a powerless bystander. Look, look at what happened. Someone needs to do something. (laughs) That's an advocate. Someone needs to do something. Something needs to be done. This is terrible. This is unjust. You see, the the, the advocate has no idea. They're clueless. They don't know what's going on. They're, They're just hoping somebody will step in and clean this mess up. Jesus didn't say, ask, oh Lord, is this your will? May your kingdom come. Is it your will to be done like this in, in this situation? You know, there's no uncertainty. He says, basically, <laughs> it's not the insecure request of a powerless bystander. Instead, it is the declaration of a kingdom ambassador showing up for work. This is you clocking it when you pray. And say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. You've just clocked in as an ambassador of Christ. That's what that is. It's you clocking in saying, Lord, I'm on the clock. I'm clocking in. It's you hooking up. It's you're like a pilot getting into the seat. You're hooking up. You've got your harness all plugged in. You've got all your instruments plugged in. And you're on the job. You're, you're strapped in. And you are ready to act in behalf of the kingdom. Kingdom come, will of God be done. Check. Are you listening to me? So when you pray, Jesus said, first, connect with the Father. Lord, I praise you. You are the maker of heaven and earth. You hold the universe together by the word of your power. And I, your ambassador, hallelujah, I say, kingdom of God come, will of God be done. Boom, boom. You're, You're clicked in. You are connected. You're making a declaration of who you are with regard to what you're about to pray for. Before you make any requests, you are identifying yourself. You're logging in to heaven as heaven's ambassador so that you're not standing on the earth in the piled up rubble and the mess that people make or you've made or your family's made or other people have made saying, oh, somebody, oh, please, God, please go, please do something. That is not prayer. Prayer... The best form of prayer, the prayer that believers are to pray is you pray from a heavenly place. You're not praying from the problem, you're praying from the answer. You are an ambassador from heaven, not an advocate of the problem. Now, you understand that God knows what all the problems are. So we, when we bring to God what the need is, we don't have to be really elaborate. You don't have to be a lawyer, oh Lord. Now, this is the way this problem went down, and uh, this you see this, and Aunt so and so did that, and Cousin so and so said this, and then they felt this way, and they're all broken up about it. Lord, look in on the, and uh, the Lord doesn't need all of that, because has, does He already know what the need is? He is the answer. He is the answer. So you're to pray as an advocate, and uh, so God wants us to show up to work with certainty. And that's the tragic difference between uh, effective and ineffective prayer is the difference between Christians who think that intercession is the act of an advocate rather than the act of an ambassador. We are called ambassadors of Christ. So I know that I've probably been a little bit extreme, maybe even a little provocative in acting this out, but I I need to do that so that you get the idea. You need to see the orientation that when Jesus is assuming that when Christians pray, we're going to be seated with Him in heavenly places as an ambassador of Christ, ready to speak for the kingdom, rather than running around preparing statements to throw up to God as though heaven doesn't have an advocate. Heaven doesn't need another advocate. Heaven's got an advocate. Can you say amen? Let me say this to you, pick up where we left off uh, last time. Keep the ambassador's tongue pure. Um, this is particularly difficult for me to say this morning because I'm pr- currently working on this. Um, But I'm saying this out of of the conviction of the truth of it, out of the conviction of how practically I know it needs to be done. Satan was cast down out of heaven, right? He used to be able to freely badmouth us before God, right? He could accuse, he could point out all your flaws and faults and bring them up before God. It was his way, it was the devil's way of saying, you can't control them, you're not in control of creation got out of hand, you're not in control. And by pointing out the fact that God was not in control, although that was not true, he is a liar, but by doing that, he could assert that he had some authority or that he was in control. Do you get that? Okay, so he can't do that anymore. He's been cast down out of heaven. And heaven's filled with the answer. Heaven is solid. Heaven's solid. Heaven's this absolute. There's no doubt about what's going on. Heaven's absolutely solid. Nobody freaks out in heaven. Nobody gets nervous. There's never a moment where it's like heaven gets rattled, God gets rattled. We need to, we better get together here. So and so just won the election or whatever. You know, God never. There's heaven's solid. Keep the ambassador's tongue pure because the devil. Who has come down to you? Remember, remember the Bible says, Woe to earth, the devil's come down. And he has great wrath. The devil's obsessed with voicing his claims before God. He wants his suggestive accusations that Jesus didn't really quite solve every problem, Jesus really didn't handle every issue. And so he's constantly wanting to make the suggestion that whatever Jesus did wasn't enough, that he didn't provide enough, that somehow it's not, as Jesus said, it is finished. The devil wants to assert the accusation, it's not finished. And because that that opens the door for him to have some importance, some significance, in a sick, twisted way, it's his way of asserting that I'm not really a liar, I am telling the truth. Now, he can't get away with that before God, but he can get away with it with a lot of Christians. He can get you to believe Jesus really didn't do it. Jesus hasn't really solved all your problems. Jesus really isn't enough. Um, His provision isn't enough. So be very careful because Satan's obsessed with voicing his claims before God. He wants that suggestive accusation brought up to heaven because he can't go to heaven and speak anymore. And he wants to say the advocate really isn't successful. The target of all of his accusations against you is the advocate didn't do a good enough job. Now think about that. The next time you or I run around complaining and griping, we're saying the advocate Jesus didn't do a good enough job in my life. Now that creates a conflict. Because the, the the Lord cast the devil out and he won't listen to Satan, but he will listen to you. You do have a voice in heaven. You are his child. And your prayers, heaven's open to hear your prayers. So there is a conflict because the devil can vicariously funnel his accusations right back into the presence of God through your prayers and some of your holy complaining. Some of your righteous stressing, whatever you want to call or think of it. So do not lend the devil your voice by praying like an advocate rather than an ambassador. Now, what I'm about to say to you, I'm not saying out of any criticism. We all do it. And it happens because if we're not taught right about the covenant, we, by default, fall back into religion And what is religion? Religion is taking the gospel of Jesus and instead of building the gospel on top of the work that Jesus did at Calvary, it builds the gospel on top of our efforts. How good am I being? Am I really being faithful? Am I praying enough? Am I fasting enough? And of course the answer to all that is uh, enough for what? No, I'm not praying enough. I'm not fasting enough. You know, so religion creates insecurity And the the enemy always wants you and I to base everything we do on our efforts rather than what Jesus has done. So it's important that you think as an ambassador. Now, do not lend your voice to the devil. Look at what happened. Peter when Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to be crucified. Wow, that just, that was horrible for the disciples to hear. They didn't want to hear that. Jesus is Christ. He's the Lord. And now he's saying he's going to go and the, and the, 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 the uh, people are going to crucify him. And so Peter jumps up. Now he's full of emotion. He's full of love for Jesus. He's also full of fear at what Jesus said. And he responds in in a you know, purely justifiable in a human sense, justifiable response. Lord, may it never be, never, as long as I'm alive, they're never going to take you. You see, he jumped in there with his emotions from a human standpoint. He was acting as what? Advocate. He was advocating for Jesus. Look at what Jesus did. The harshness of it is incredible. Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. Look, he just made my point. The devil can't go into the presence of God, but he could get Peter to speak, and he spoke right through Peter. And Jesus said, shut up, Satan. He turned around to Peter and said, shut up, Satan. Peter must have been, what? I, I, he, I bet he got a little tear in his eye. Well, you hurt my feelings. And... um And then he explained, Jesus said, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. What was he saying? You are not being an ambassador, but an advocate. I don't need an advocate. Do You listen to what he's saying. Jesus said, stop thinking and talking to me like an advocate. I don't need people telling me how to run the world. I don't need people telling me what's wrong. I know what's wrong. I don't need tell- me, people telling me how to fix it. I have a plan to fix it. What I need is people saying, yes, sir, whatever your word says. Amen. That's what an ambassador is. Lord, I stand ready to execute your orders. And until I'm sure what those orders are, until I know they line up with the word, I'll just stand still and see the salvation of God i don 't have to comment i don 't have to say anything. Do not let pressure come upon you and push you into reacting and responding. You know I think half the time we act and respond and uh, and to show we think that 's the way we 're showing compassion. We think well, I need to wring my hands in worry because that 's how I show compassion if i don 't get all worked up over this thing. People are going to think, well, look at, oh, hard heart over there. You know, they don't seem to care about the situation. Well, genuinely, you do want to show compassion. But you show compassion by being an ambassador for Christ and waiting upon the Lord. Say, you know, God's got this. I don't know how he's got it, but I know God's got this. And I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to hold my tongue until God has put the ambassadorial command in my mouth to speak. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I want you to think about something. As an ambassador of Christ, how you act in your personal relationships determines how effective you are in the presence of God when you pray. Did you know that 1 Peter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands, live with your wives according to understanding, according to wisdom. As an ambassador of Christ, knowing what your marriage is in the presence of God, knowing who your wife is in the presence of God. Stop, and this could go wives, husbands, back and forth, you know, but but he says, husbands, live your wives according to knowledge. He said uh, basically, stop putting her down, stop criticizing her, stop bad mouthing her, stop pointing out all of her mistakes. She doesn't need, and the situation doesn't need an advocate, it needs an ambassador. For Christ. Can you say amen? And so we, he says in 1 Peter 3, I think it's First 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands, live with their wives in understanding so that your prayers will not be hindered. Amen. You see, this is serious, folks. You cannot be a true, effective prayer warrior and get your prayers answered if the tongue of the ambassador half the time is speaking against the very authority that you're wanting to call on for God to help the situation. So we need to, you know, James 3 went on to say, should the tongue both bless God and curse men? Should blessing and cursing come out of the same well? Should sweet water and bitter come out of the same well? So the idea here is that We need to think and act according to the Word of God. Speak as an ambassador for Christ, and that way your prayers will not be hindered. So in your family, in your personal relationships, I know that you think that marriage gives you the right to put people down, gives you the right to badmouth. to, and, and that doesn't mean that there's not a way, you know, when we have problems to sit down and work them out, but we, we only have permission from the Lord to speak those things which minister edifying. He said, if anyone speak, anyone, let him speak as the oracles of God. Let him speak those words that edify. If you open your mouth and start to tear down and abuse with your tongue, you're just being a devil. You're just being a son or a daughter of Lucifer. Because any demon can point out faults. God doesn't want his ambassadors to be fault finders. God doesn't want his amb- God knows what the problem is, he doesn't need you to join the devil in talking about how bad so and so is or how bad this one is. It's, I'm talking in the context of prayer. If this is somebody you want are gonna pray for, someone you want to see God move among, then you can't both at the same time put them down and accuse them, and on the other hand pray that God will bless them. There are plenty of accusers. If God wanted to listen to them, he'd call them up and say, okay, send up devil number 127. Let me hear what he's got to say. No. He knows what the problem is. Jesus knew on Calvary's cross. Is there anything Jesus didn't know on Calvary's cross? That brings me then to my next and final point that I'm going to share this morning. The second tip for, for ambassadors is ambassadors of Christ know that God's will was, is, and always will be accomplished through the cross of Christ. Amen. Everyone say the cross of Jesus. Amen. It was at Calvary, it was at the cross that God's will was done. And today when we pray, whether you pray for your family, you pray for a lost individual, pray for yourself, pray for any situation, that prayer has to be routed through the cross. Every answer comes through the cross. Every intercession Through the cross. What does that mean? That means that it is not through the elaborate prayer schemes of intercessors, but it is through what Jesus did on the cross that the answer comes. An ambassador doesn't need to go out and fix the problem. He just needs to call up Jesus who fixed the problem. Amen? Hallelujah. Nobody says it better than Brother Paul in Colossians chapter 2. Speaking of the devil, he was just, he had, oh excuse me, speaking of God and and what he did to to, uh, defeat the enemy. He has destroyed what was against us, a certificate of indebtedness expressed in the decrees opposed to us. He's saying the law. He's talking about how the law pointed out our sins. God destroyed the accusations of the law against us He took that law and those accusations out of the way by nailing it to the cross. And look at this, disarming the rulers and authorities, he has made a public disgrace of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Everything goes through the cross. The reason the devil was kicked out of heaven when Jesus rose from the dead is specifically because Everything that was wrong with us, according to the written word of the law, was solved in Jesus' blood on the cross and when He rose from the dead. Everything. So the the Lord, heaven said, heaven said to the devil, um, "You're no longer needed. Nothing you say is relevant." It made every accusation about, yeah, but but they're not keeping the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, but they're committing adultery. Yeah, yeah, but they're... All sins were dealt with. The penalties of every sin was dealt with through Jesus. The answer for every sin is now in Jesus, not in the activity of the accuser. He was cast out. And so the Lord disarmed the devil, took away his right to accuse and triumphed over the devil through the cross. Everything points back to the cross of Calvary. You see, it was there at the cross of Calvary where Jesus proclaimed that the devil's rights as an accuser were terminated. He said, It is finished. Who do you think he was saying it is finished to? Among other things, he was pronouncing that to the devil You are finished. Your right. To fill heaven with accusation is finished. It is finished. It is finished. The right of the devil to accuse, it is finished. The blood took those rights away. Can you say amen? amen? So as ambassadors of Christ, you are praying and interceding on behalf of a triumph. You're not going before God trying to see if God wants to save somebody. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to life. Can you say amen? One of the, one of the clues, one of the tips that should help intercessors today, um, if, if you're going to think as an ambassador of Christ, one of the things I would emphasize is don't over-spiritualize intercessory prayer. You need to see as you look at Colossians 2, 14, 15 that Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities so that you don't have to go disarm them. They are disarmed. What you have to do is figure out how to take the advocate's authority and apply it against that situation. If I have someone I'm praying for and interceding for I approach that situation knowing that every claim the devil has over that person's life, every, every activity that I see Satan presently executing in that person's life, I know that the Lord has already disarmed every one of those devils and taken all their rights away. So what I need to do is figure out as an ambassador of Christ, how do I exalt Jesus over that person's life? How do I lift up Jesus over that person's life, because if I lift up Jesus, the kingdom of God will come into force, drive out those devils, and the will of God will be done. That's how people get saved, is by people who can intercede properly and effectively, praying from heaven rather than complaining from earth. And I'll tell you, faith will move. You get a revelation of who you are in Christ, praying from heaven, and you'll see your prayer life revolutionized. Things will begin to happen. Things will begin to turn around. That's exactly what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, kingdom come, will be done in in earth as it is in heaven. God wants you to think and act as it is in heaven. He wants you to act and think upon the earth. So it is not through our making um, efforts to be spiritual that impresses God and gets Him to answer prayer. Nor is it in our efforts to die to self. I'm going to fast eight days if it kills me. And and if I fast, those. not that fasting is wrong. There's nothing wrong with fasting. You do whatever God tells you to do. But it's not through our activity of of being spiritual, nor is it in our our activity of dying to self that prayers are answered. The answer is reigning in heaven. We are ambassadors of a triumph. We are ambassadors of a triumph. And show, here's the last verse I want you to take a look at. Out of Romans chapter 10, 6 through 8, or 6 through 9, I think it is. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend up into heaven? That is to say, to bring Christ down. Do you hear the, do you hear the advocate Someone needs to go up to heaven. Someone needs to get that healing and bring it down. Someone needs to go up in heaven and to wake up God and bring that help down. Oh, my God, they just attacked France. Somebody needs to, somebody needs to go up and, and bring God's will down for them and, and help them. Those poor people are running around. And the jihadis are going nuts on them. And all, you know, and then blah, 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 blah. All this, all this uh, overwhelming and overwrought emotion it may be impressive to people and it shows that, oh, you really care, you're really touched, you're really unnerved and stirred up. That's all fine. Heaven doesn't need it. it. God does not require any of that in order, to, because the Bible says the righteousness based on faith doesn't say who will go up to heaven. We need to find a bishop that's really pure. We need to find a Christian that really, I mean, real, a holy person that's spiritual, prays seven days. Oh, we'll call up Pastor so and so. We'll get Sister so and so. They really know how to pray. If I can get them, I just know. It's not in finding someone spiritual enough to go up and ascend into heaven to bring the answer down. Now, this is probably going to challenge a lot of things you've thought because you thought, well, you know, I'm going to go find the most spiritual Christian I can and get them to agree with me. And in the back of my mind, we're thinking what I need is a real good advocate, you know, who knows how to get a hold of God. (coughs) And he goes on to say, nor is the righteousness based on faith that which says who will descend, who will descend into the abyss. That is to say, to bring Christ up from the dead. Who has separated themselves from the world enough? Who has become so identified with Christ that they are literally entombed in their own death to self? They have taken up their cross and they're following Jesus with such abandon. They are so separated from the world that they they literally, they go down into the grave and and. They, through their, through their self-denial, have caused the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. They went down and they helped pour Jesus out of that tomb. They, they, they helped resurrect Him. They brought Him up because they identify with Him in His sufferings. Now, there's nothing wrong with laying down your life, taking it because cross. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But we need to get out of our minds the idea that these are the things that move heaven. They move us. They put you in a better position, perhaps, to obey God. But ultimately, it's not the rising up through spiritual achievement, nor is it the diving down in self-denial that gets God's attention. Make God say, ooh, they're really serious. Wow, they've earned five prayer points. You've got five prayer points to use up. You sure you want to use all five of these on this prayer request? Because then you're going to have to ascend up again and dive back down again, build your points back up. No, the righteousness based on faith doesn't say any of those things. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we proclaim because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, not your religion, not your spirituality, Jesus is Lord. He is the advocate. He ascended up. He kicked the devil out. He is ruling. He is reigning. Wherever he is, the devil can't talk. Do you you get what I've been saying to you these past weeks? When Jesus ascended, the devil said, shut up, You you cannot speak in the presence of Jesus. You're cast out. No more was there any place found. Get Jesus in the situation. The devil will shut up. He has to leave. He cannot stay. They can't occupy the same room. They can't enter the same conversation. Lift up Jesus and your devil will be gone. Are you listening to me? Lift up Jesus. Who lifts up Jesus? Who brings Jesus on the scene? Not advocates, ambassadors. Ambassadors bring Jesus onto the scene. Jesus said, I am a king and I work through my ambassadors. Are you living as an ambassador for Christ? What does that word of righteousness say? If you believe in your heart and confess with mouth that Jesus is Lord you, and that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That word saved means healed, delivered, blessed, prospered, glory to God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. And so as we close this morning, ambassadors know that every answer flows through the cross. Every answer flows through the cross. Through the cross, the answer reigns in heaven. And through the cross, ambassadors pray from heaven. We pray from heaven. That is our place of authority. As it is in heaven, let it be in earth. How did it happen in heaven? Jesus was lifted up. Jesus was exalted. So if you'll close your Bible, stand with me. Let me just say this to you this morning. In my life, this is what I'm doing to, um, to, to uh, bring this into a place of practical application in my life. I'm challenging myself as I pray for circumstances and situations, whether it's praying for you or any other thing that I pray for. I wait first and and think about the Word of God. Your faith, listen to me, your faith will never be greater than your knowledge of God's Word. If you don't know what the Word says, your faith can never be any greater than, it'll never rise above what you know of the Word of God. And, and I'm not talking about just memorizing Bible verses, although I strongly recommend memorizing Bible verses. Your faith cannot express itself through any other portal other than the understanding of the Word. So, um, what I'm doing is as I, as I prepare to intercede for something, rather than charging into prayer with a lot of emotion... Charging into prayer with a lot of compassion. Oh, God, the poor, the suffering, the, the, the humanity, oh, the, the, the injustice, oh, God, blah, 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 blah. God is not moved by any of that. If God were moved by human emotion, we would see incredible miracles taking place all over the place through people that have absolutely no relationship with God at all. It's through Jesus Christ. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Have you ever noticed Christians don't say Jesus anymore? You listen to a lot of the songs nowadays, a lot of worship songs. There's no Jesus and it. It's all God. Very ambiguous, very general God terms. I like the Jesus. I'm a Jesus person. I came into this thing through Jesus. I'm, gonna, I'm going to stay with Jesus. As an ambassador of Jesus. Jesus I try to say, Lord, what does your word say about this person I'm praying for? Well, the Bible says that Jesus died for their sins. The Bible says, I have the keys to the kingdom and whosoever sins I forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins I retain, they retain. Lord, guide me. Show me how to operate in the word of God. And Until I know what God is saying about that threatening situation or that problem, I just believe God's got an answer, and I'm going to wait on Him. He's going to give it to me. And then, Lord, show me how to lift you up in that situation. Bring Jesus into that matter, into that situation. And um, so, until that happens, I I hold back the prayer, the intercession, Rather than charging in, pray according to the will of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done, and you'll have answers. Answer will come. The Lord may start by correcting your position, by changing the way you think or what you say. And why would he do that? Why would God make an answer for somebody else predicated upon you? Because you are his ambassador. He moves through you and it's important to him that you are placed in the right position because the authority to dynamically change that situation that you're praying for will flow through you. So, would you just lift your hands with me? Father, I just commit these ambassadors to you this morning that as they prepare to go from this place that Lord you will lift up their hearts and lift up their minds. That, Father God, you will open up the heavenly revelation of who they are in Christ. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. That they will see that the advocate, Jesus, reigns from heaven over every disaster, over every need. There is an answer. Lord, there is a way to get love into every situation. Even the most terrible situations. Love will make a way. Help us, Lord, to see you through those eyes of love. Now may the Lord cause His love to abound in your heart. It's there because He has given it to you. May that love arise in you all throughout the remainder of this day. And as you go into tomorrow and into this new week, may you walk With the winds of God's favor, gently moving you along, guiding your feet into His path, washing over your soul, lifting up your mind, encouraging you so that you see you are His woman, His man, especially a sign. You are in that strategic place to be the ambassador of Christ. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to be critical of others, Lord, we are people of the answer. Thank you, Father, for we shall go out with joy. We shall be led forth with peace. Even in darkness and turmoil, we are the light of the world. Hallelujah. This week you will be salty with the salt and the fire of the Holy Spirit as you go out. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.